Hello, 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 guys. Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast. This is Agil Kapadia. And together with me, we have our foreign policy dream team, uh, uh, Mohan Joshi and Kishore Narayan, hosts of the India Rising uh, uh, podcast and uh, contributors to Mind Makers, uh, you know, uh, friends, uh, fellow, fellow sort of uh, collaborators, and most importantly, fellow argumentative Indians. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> my podcast uh, one interesting thing i have to tell you that mohal and i are probably in two of the most affected places in uh, us or maybe even in the world right now in terms of cities or in terms of states and kishore is in one of the safest places he is in bengaluru and mohal's in <laughs> mohal's in california and i am in texas so welcome guys uh, any initial thoughts uh, no, with work from home uh, being the new norm, being the new norm post-COVID, I think uh, whether you are in uh, Houston, whether Mohal is in uh, California and uh, I'm here, or whether we are in uh, three neighboring houses, it just does not matter. Unless and until you are in Ladakh, um, which we are going to talk about. <laughs> so, uh, Mohal, uh, any initial thoughts and then I'll go over the sort of the schedule of our podcast. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, the Chinese, uh, the coronavirus from China has pretty much forced everybody to work from home. And I guess distance doesn't matter because everybody is working from home, you know. Indeed, indeed. So uh, without further ado, I'll get right into it. Uh, we're going to talk about the India-China face-off. Uh, Prime Minister Modi went uh, to a military facility in uh, i would want to say a base which is a very us term but it's a brigade headquarters brigade headquarters um, thank you i was actually searching for the term because i'm so used uh-huh. to the, using the us term base because this does not happen much in india this is uh, in america the president does go to bases quite often and um, uh, and, and and we'll find uh, after our podcast is over kishore and i will find time to discuss uh, that situation on our favorite show homeland and how that panned out but, <laughs> but that's for a later time so that's going to be that's going to be our first part of the discussion it's going to be what's the way forward what is the current situation and where do we move from here mohan and kishore had an absolutely terrific piece on the indochina face off they have a podcast uh, too on that i would urge you guys to listen to it and read the piece both um, so that's going to be the first part. The second part, we're going to talk a little bit about the COVID updates and some political news in India because I know my listeners have crave, are craving for some political debate. political news So we'll talk a little bit of politics too. So let's let's get started with this. So I'll come to you, Kishore, first, and then to Mohal. Uh, what are your initial thoughts about? What is the current situation here? What do you make of Prime Minister Modi's visit? He made some very important points with the expansionist uh, points, and you know, and basically uh, lightly slapping China from the brigade headquarters, which was a very significant thing. Yeah. Uh, first thing first, uh, credit goes to the Prime Minister. Nobody expected him to go there. Uh, it was a surprise visit. Uh, there were talks about uh, Raksha Mantri going there. And uh, Modi took up the kajal, he took it upon himself. So uh, credit goes to uh, the Prime Minister on that regard. Having said that, there are still a lot of question marks uh, and many questions that need to be answered. Do we get do we get those answers right away? Do we get those answers once the entire issue gets sorted out within 
say four months, one year. I don't know when that happens, but that continues to remain a hot burning topic in India as to uh, why did our soldiers die? Uh, did they cross over? Did we cross over? Uh, what is happening in Pangong? Is, uh, is Pangong, uh, I mean, haven't they actually come down to Singapore? Isn't that uh, amounting to uh, loss of territory? So these questions will continue to haunt the administration and the administration continuing to uh, take a uh, silence approach. Uh, it's kind of uh, uh, starting what, to... What is, uh, what is interesting is that the Indian... Uh, I mean, we of course put out a media report that about 43, I think, Chinese soldiers were dead injured. Uh, Initially, yeah, yeah. And the Chinese side have not said anything. I mean, clearly there is, there is one amazing resonance with China and Pakistan. They just love not claiming their own soldiers, which is kind yes. of... But that is that is what it is. So there is sort of this lack of clarity also that India did come up with a number and most of the world, US also quoted that number. Uh, so I mean, the world has accepted the numbers that have come from India, but China has um, has not come out come forward with this. So has there been a territorial sort of thing or more loss of human lives on the Chinese side? We don't know that yet. And those are the questions that still remain. So Mohal, I'll go to you for your initial points and then we'll come to that. Yeah, I think uh, this yeah. event has shown that. Let me give you a point. I have to do a very shameless plug for a piece that Mindmakers just published by Ram Harita about uh, Prime Minister Modi's, uh, you know, how he redefi is redefining the strategic contours of engagement with China. And that have changed in the last six months, six years, I'm sorry. So do read that piece. I have, to, I had to uh, plug it. We just published it a few hours ago. Hmm. Yeah, so Mohal, your initial point? Yeah, so I think this is like a, I, I think many people have been calling a watershed moment in India-China relations. I think the term which many, the doves in the, um, the Indian strategic circles that have been mentioning about uh, like managing the relationships where you can have competition along with collaboration, I think is probably dead and buried now. I think we are on a long road to more uh, standoffs in the future. And there could be even a possibility of more armed conflict. I think, uh, like the the hawks will now rule the roost in uh, New Delhi, and there will be some hard strategic choices that India will have to make in the future because this would be a kind of a very hard moment to walk back in terms from the Indian side. It is, but the real question is. What, what is the response, right? Is it a diplomatic response? Is it a military response? Or is it a combination of both? I want to say it's a bit of the latter, right? What do you guys think? Uh, I, I actually kind of uh, concur with you. I think it will be some kind of a uh, dual approach wherein the foreign minister will continue to accrue miles, uh, frequent flyer miles going to... It's a dual approach, not dual uh, approach. But Dual, dual approach, not dual approach, dual Sorry, approach. The dual approach could well be the dual <laughs> approach. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, back to the point that I was trying to make. So you will see uh, Foreign Minister, Ministry of External Affairs, uh, Jay Shankar actually clocking a lot of uh, frequent flyer miles to Beijing, a uh, lot of talks happening there. But in addition, possibly you might see uh, some kind of... Uh, uh, escalation also at the border 
not necessarily violent not necessarily armed conflict but i am i am looking at a possibility of uh, permanent manning of the borderline yeah permanent yes. manning of the line of actual control no matter where they stand as of today if china has uh, expanded into the indian territory that will continue to be manned if indians have gone across that will continue to be manned the peace talks or the special representative talks can continue but at least this confidence building measure although the presence of soldiers are never looked at as a cpm but i think this is the only logical way forward for both of them especially because neither india nor china is actually in a mood to take the exit ramp out of this uh, and there is no exit ramp high speed you, and no country i mean it is a conflict uh, people are sort of claiming and uh, you know the thing but the real the real thing is this time what is different is india has also ramped up the pressure on the foreign policy side and there is a very heightened anti china mood in australia and america those two morrison yes. and donald trump are no big fans of china or i would not say donald trump but mike pompeo because donald trump the, it's it's really the state department that is shepherding this new china policy but mohal i want to ask you something else right we, we talk about this china do you think there is going to be a questions raised on the one china policy i think uh... so like i know like kishore talked about the diplomatic angle but i think there will be many more levers that will be pulled so one of them was like the participation of australia in the naval malabar exercises so i always maintain that if relations nose dived in the future which they have now that that would be a lever that india would pull so now i think uh, india did mention the hong kong issue they brought it up so i think there will be more levers pulled in quick succession because i mean i don't know if, if there is no reason to hold them back anymore right i mean you would have to probably we should even bring up tibet yeah i mean tibet uh, hong kong all those south china sea i think all of this will be slowly brought to the fore i mean the uh, banning of the chinese apps is just like a, a preliminary step i mean there will be some countermeasures from china pretty sure like economic uh, hit back at india so i think it is going to get more uh, i won't say like nasty but like uh, i mean there will be like measures and countermeasures so we have to be prepared for the fallout also on the other end let's not forget they have elevated our ties with australia to comprehensive strategic partnership right so that has happened um australia mm-hmm. actually made some very encouraging statements um us mm-hmm. has all all but supported india's uh, take on events with respect to china mm-hmm. so so it is it is an interesting thing so this time it has been sort of a, a thing the only the only thing where we have to really understand is and i am very glad that we are dealing with china independent of pakistan because really it does not matter when it comes to the india china relationship it matters when china matters when you are dealing with pakistan because china gives a lot of support to pakistan whether it be diplomatically or strategically but when we deal with china pakistan really is just a nuisance right would you agree kishore Uh, yes uh, uh, just another point uh, in addition to what uh, you actually just made uh, i mean uh, india will have to stop uh, uh, giving uh, the high prominence to pakistan there is no denying that fact also i mean at least in the past one one and a half two decades uh, we have actually successfully dehyphenated ourselves and now we are not looking at the present actually just the logical uh, 
next step in that regard. But uh, the other point that I wanted, I wanted to just make uh, uh, regarding the point that you made was from the uh, from a global perspective when you look at uh, all the misdemeanors that uh, Beijing is currently uh, uh, doing Ladakh or the line of actual control does not uh, uh, does not figure in the top five right it's, it's there somewhere down below it wasn't uh, a critical issue to be uh, looked at uh, right away it wasn't a critical issue that needs to that needs to have a uh, immediate resolution. It can actually wait. The other things like Hong Kong, Taiwan, South China Sea, Corona uh, pandemic spread, trade war with the US, they actually take the cake when it comes to priority, urgency and criticality. So even if you even if you go to other countries and try to explain to them, they might understand, they might have your, they might uh, lend you a year. But beyond that, their sense of urgency coming from world capitals. Now, having said that, having said that, India will have to continue with its uh, the momentum game. Uh, uh, Shankar absolutely knows his game. He knows what he is doing. So, India will have to uh, keep uh, puncturing a few holes in the Chinese argument every and now and then. People forget Jay Shankar is not just uh, a st uh, our foreign minister. He also happens to be the ex ambassador to China. Oh, absolutely. That was that was the reason why he got the job. His his knowledge, um, his assets. I mean, it, it could just be you know a fascinating sort of uh, thing. But I want to come to you, Mohan, about this whole Hong Kong situation, right? And then from there we are going to move into more as well. What is the deal with this UK? I think Boris Johnson offered uh, three million Hong Kong folks a path to citizenship or something. Did the West actually believe itself in this delusion that China wouldn't do what it's doing right now? I mean, it only took them less than 25 years to finally achieve what they always wanted to. I mean, China, if you think in 1997, I mean, it was a very different China from today. I mean, they were as Deng Xiaoping said, like, bide your time and like, you know, hide your strength. So at that time, they might be thinking that China might not take such steps I think uh, I mean, only stayed for two terms and then he, he resigned and they what they thought that Z is going to be just like who's in I mean, they followed this custom of like two terms. I don't know if Xi Jinping will follow it. But uh, the larger point is that they, I mean, people in the West, many analysts are that economic interdependence with the West will moderate Chinese behavior and make them more mainstream where they'll be more embracing the democratic values of the West and the rules-based order. But unfortunately, that has been a rude shock that they have been actually pushing back at this rules-based order that the West wants them to follow. But really, can, can, we, be, can we be surprised that that has happened? Wouldn't, wouldn't, most, wouldn't you conclude that was an impending disaster waiting to happen? I mean, looking in hindsight, yeah. But I mean, at that time, not many viewed this uh, meteoric rise of China. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Kishore, go ahead. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean uh, uh, looking, at, uh, looking at it today, uh, we all uh, know that it's quite obvious that China behaved this way and we should have figured it out. But then if you look at it, it's not just India which has uh, uh, stumbled. It is not just uh, Vietnam or Indonesia or Philippines that have stumbled. Every major country, including Canada, Australia, uh, UK, everybody has has gone on the same path, uh, almost like sheep uh, going to the slaughterhouse. So it's that kind of a situation where 
every every country no matter how good they were strategically thinking long term they have stumbled in front of the chinese uh, uh, chinese uh, science all these years absolutely uh, before before i go into the uh, uh, current news or thing i think mohan we were discussing this before the podcast about the whole military mm. the standoff and how mm-hmm. do we mm-hmm. so what do you, what are what is your take on that quickly and then we'll go see i mean all this diplomatic moves that kishore went over and you also outlined i think it's all good but we have to be prepared on the military front because even let's say i know we are not going to a nato type alliance with the west or even with the quad so all that moves in the like even if you have a, like a naval alliance it's not going to help because nobody has a land border with china like we do and nobody is going to come fight with india at the border when in case we have a war so i think the incident of like uh, june 15th where like lives were lost after 45 years on the border i think is a watershed moment as i said earlier i think this in my opinion is like a kongala moment where in 1959 like i think uh, like six or nine uh, crpf uh, jawans died when they were ambushed by the chinese and it led to hardening of opinion which led to the 1962 war we all know so i think this i think we are on a path to this uh, a military conflict or i think it's coming for sure in my opinion in like let's say the next few years so the indian military has to be prepared that no matter what economic sanctions diplomatic moves we do we have to be prepared for a short intense conflict with china somewhere along the border you as the recent purchases being uh, in that context that the indian military is getting ready for that no but see these purchases are not going to help you overnight they might help you next year or the year after i mean it's just like when we have this border escalations with china or pakistan we suddenly uh, everything is like backlogged and suddenly we prepone it and do emergency purchases so we end up spending more instead of doing a strategic planning where we could buy a long cheaper and in bulk stuff but i mean the defense budget is another issue i don't want to get into but coming back to the point i think the military part we have to be ready because i think there would be a conflict coming sooner rather as i said like in the article that the thucydides trapped like when a rising power and a established power like which i said china and india is rising because the border infrastructure is being built to match the chinese i think for them it's like a conundrum right so they might think hey these guys are going to match up sometimes i am rather kick him down right now rather than let him match me so for them it brings a conundrum that they might be insecure say like you know what better to needle them and put them in their place right now versus letting them rise to my level sometime in the future so i think as i said conflict is coming in the few years time unfortunately interesting interesting and what is the way forward then what is the way forward for india and what is what do you think china will do i mean china is going to keep pushing us at the border for sure we just have to i think as as kishore said i think we said in our podcast that we might have to think about instead of having this no man's land where everybody patrols up to their claim line i think the uh, army chief said there are like 65 strategic points in ladakh so probably we might have to man those and uh, prevent the chinese from grabbing uh, these points like uh, because like see for example this standoff could even go uh, like the sumdorongchu standoff in 86 87 in arunachal could just go for Oh yeah, I mean there is no incentive for the Chinese to withdraw, right? I mean if Xi Jinping is under pressure domestically, he wouldn't want to see in front of his detractors to withdraw too early. He might just want to play this out and see if he can bully India into like standing down. But I mean 
the standoff has actually created the complete opposite effect you know this bullying in india is also a very interesting term na bullying in what way right bullying in terms of political way strategic way geopolitical way wo bhi that is also being debated right now so mm-hmm. but going into going into from the foreign policy to the current affairs news and it's going to be kind of a strange diversion i'm going to take but we 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 have to talk a little bit about the covid situation as well right because the china the global sort of gussa against china has sort of increased post the covid thing so how do you guys how do you guys think about it what do you guys think about that like can india capitalize on the global anger caused post covid I mean that's the only choice that uh, India has left with, right? I mean, uh, see, India will have to fight a defensive war to uh, rightfully get back what what is ours. Uh, exactly. Every every few years that it loses. Now the question is, how do we do it uh, and limit it to a uh, limit it to a certain area? Uh, we don't want China to uh, launch an all-out offensive. we only want it to be a limited uh, conflict with china so how do we do that we want china to be uh, distracted elsewhere as well if they don't do it uh, and if all their resources and attention is on us then it will be a far more uh, difficult uh, situation to be caught in so until then i think uh, we will have to bide our time and also keep uh, needling the other countries around the world to tell them hey this is what china does to us and this is what china has been doing to you and so, this is not wrong <laughs> and uh, possibly keep uh, shaking hands with uh, uh, scott morrison shake hands with boris johnson Achha, and I don't uh, use those shake hands metaphors in covid times <laughs> elbow bump elbow bump <laughs> or or a, or a namaste as well exactly so, so that sir, that sir, does this mean Sorry, one point. Yeah, that that that's actually even more pertinent. You can you can as well tell. Had there been no COVID, we could have shook hands, but now we can't. Let me play Arna Bhir. Mohan, Mohan, you had a point. Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. <laughs> no, so, <laughs> so I'm thinking like, sir, so does this mean the end of the Modi Jappi till we get a vaccine? He has asked, is this the end of the Jappi? I think it's end of everyone's Jappi. यार अभी तो ऐसा है कि घर में आके इफ यू वांट टू हग योर ओन हाउस होल्ड मेंबर्स तभी डर लगता है कि अच्छा आप किसी और से मिलके नहीं है ना आई थिंक इट विल गिव सम ऑफ द क्रिटिक्स अ लॉट ऑफ एमिनेशन दैट व्हाई इज मोदी नॉट हगिंग ऑल द फॉरेन लीडर्स नाउडेज यू नो व्हिच फॉरेन लीडर्स हैज ही मेड आई मीन नो नो इन द फ्यूचर आई एम सेइंग द नेक्स्ट 12 टू 24 मंथ्स अरे द द द बिगेस्ट चैलेंज इज गोइंग टू बी फॉर आवर इंडियन कम्युनिस्ट्स I mean, where will they travel? Because they they can they they they, they are so used to traveling to communist-ruled countries. But jokes apart, I'll tell you, it's very interesting though. I cannot. I was watching a Sitaram Yechuri interview from a, a few years ago. He still cannot yeah. get himself to criticize China. Unbelievable. And when he was asked about Xi Jinping and what he is doing in Hong Kong and others, he said, "Yeah, comedians cannot even talk about uh, Modi, according to him, which is absolute nonsense because they absolutely can." so you i mean what explain this logic why can't the communists of india criticize an obviously terrible regime in china i just cannot understand that this is i mean this is unprecedented right does it exist with any other parties 
Not at all. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, see, all they have to do is to uh, uh, support their ilk, no matter where they are in the world, and that's what they've been doing. I mean, can you imagine? Technically, if all the socialists also aligned, can you imagine they were going to campaigning for Bernie Sanders? <laughs> technically, just like communists have aligned. I mean, you know, my my biggest joke was, you know, when um, right after Modi came to power, they did this United Janta Parivar, right? Where um, uh, where yeah. are with two seats, Devagoda with two seats, uh, Sharad Yadav with no seat, Kamal <laughs> Kamal Morarka with no MLAs. They all came together and they were like, we we will take on BJP. So I was like, I cannot wait to see uh, uh, Dev campaigning in Haryana and Om Prakash Chautala coming in campaigning in Tumkur and see <laughs> how many votes they'll gather. But, you know, jokes apart, this is so strange. I find, um, you know, this communist sort of um, uh, unity. But talking about this left-wing unity, there is also this an, an interesting left-wing unity about the refusal to give up their own houses. So Priyanka Gandhi was in news lately about, uh, and we were talking about this, Mohan. What was it, three and a half lakh rupees or something? Yeah, 3.46 lakh. Good gracious. So can you, can you, can you explain our listeners what exactly was the story? Because it's just such a stunning, stunning story. I think uh, the government like had sent her notices to evict her from the premises because she hadn't paid her dues. So, and the property is like apparently worth like hundreds of crore, but that point apart, I mean, so at that point I thought like, okay, these must be like dues from like, you know, running into the crores and they might not have liquid cash to like, you know, pay off the dues. But then when the story came out, like, okay, first, obviously they played the victim card, like, oh, the government is harassing us. And then suddenly, magically, I mean, 3.46 lakh was paid off and the issue went away. So I'm not sure like why someone in uh, with high political connections would quibble over like 3.46 lakh, you know. Exactly. I mean, clearly, uh, the Gandhis lead a very, uh, you know, life which... Uh, one can't expect. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's such a ridiculous controversy, right? Uh, that they couldn't pay that. But um, what what help, is interesting? Help, help them help them find a house in Lucknow, and uh, she'll she'll uh, vacate her. The problem is, Kishore. Help. The problem is, one can find a house wherever, but they have to stay, na? There. Technically, shouldn't Rahul Gandhi be spending more time in Vayanad? I am curious, how many times has he even gone to Vayanad after he won the seat? Uh, maybe uh, three, four times in uh, one year. Maybe and that's more coming... times than he has ever gone to Amethi. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and coming to the Preka Gandhi, I think the goal for her is like, I mean, as per media reports that she's going to move to Uttar Pradesh to take on uh, Yogi for the 2022 elections. Javed Ansari have been saying that since 2002. I mean, the, the funniest thing, the funniest thing was what uh, Priyanka Gandhi said immediately after the encounter that we had in Kanpur just the other day. I think it was yesterday. Uh, Priyanka Gandhi uh, said, I'm not kidding. Priyanka Gandhi said that since Yogi came to power, lawlessness has increased in the state. That's what she said. <laughs> I'm, I'm, wow. <laughs> no, I don't, they all, they all, I don't want uh, Yogiji to actually take it personally and have more encounters. <laughs> but I, I, I'm curious, <laughs> I, I, I'm just curious, she used, she looked up the word lawlessness and used it in 
in what she thought it was an appropriate sense. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's funny, right? Uh, journalists have been writing since 2002, 2004, I think, uh, about Priyanka Gandhi going in UP and doing this. But after since Smriti Rani has won Amity, they've stopped even giving her credit for that. So, so I mean, it's, it's, it's very interesting. And I, I don't know if you guys remember, in, before 2009 elections, Priyanka and Barkha, the, this very puff interview for NDTV, where both of them are sitting on this chopal and, you know, they're discussing about life and all that things. So, uh, this was this Priyanka Gandhi's, uh, uh, you know, win after post-2009, Iqbal election, jit gaye, tab 2014 se isko bhi promote karna Little did they know that they had uh, less MPs than, than Congress had ever managed. So, the, the problem with them is that even after, you know, Democrats have moved from the Clintons, but the Congress has not moved from the Gandhis. And that is the reality. Right. The, I, finally, the Democrats have said, Hillary, you need to stop coming <laughs> to all our parties and start, <laughs> start giving verdicts on this. And until I think um, they don't do that, Congress is still without a president, right? Sonia is still the president of the Congress. Acting, acting. Yeah, acting. Yeah, acting. I heard Sanjay Jha is also putting his name in the ring. <laughs> Only to be kicked out like uh, Punavana. Hey, or, I mean, he could be the president like Sitaram Kesri and be kicked out while he's president. Or locked in a bathroom. Or locked in a bathroom, yeah. Name this might be a little more creative, Abhi, Ajkal. You know, how they lock them. So locked out of his Twitter account. Uh, maybe, see, yeah, that might happen. <laughs> that absolutely might happen. So, as, as, long as, as long as that is the case, Uddhav Thakare is breathing a sigh of relief because he can only take on so many Congress spokespersons in Shiv Sena. Because ultimately, he can't be sending many others to Rajya Sabha on Sena tickets. <laughs> One is already reserved for Videocon group. Uh, not ha, Videocon group. The Dhut family always gets one. The other one went to Priyanka Chaturvedi. So he'll have to find who else he's sending to the Rajya Sabha after that. So <clears throat> um, coming, to, coming to the last part of the podcast. Politically, uh, now I think it, this is a strange year where none of the states in India except Delhi vote, voted, right? Or Delhi also voted just because Arvind Kejriwal had the 49 days fiasco. Otherwise, Delhi was on the 2018-2023 cycle. So Bihar is the only state that will vote this year, right? Mm-hmm. For C elections and everything in India happening as regularly or do you think they'll also get pushed back? as well because in india the challenges are a lot more than maybe even in america i think november is a pretty long time away i think especially the government will get criticized a lot uh, when like march july is a long time away in march guess what we are four months after from march <laughs> no i mean uh, the government anyways like like if they postpone the election there'll be too much negative publicity so i think government might just go ahead with the elections i mean uh, hopefully, when November it is a little bit under control and uh, they take adequate steps to make sure that the elections are held. Luckily, the other big ones are like next year in West Bengal and Assam, like uh, like first quarter. So mm-hmm. hopefully, if they can get across the Bihar hurdle, then assuming no other governments are uh, fall by the wayside, then they don't have to worry till the for like eight to nine months. That is certainly the hope. Uh, but I think, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, what's also imperative to figure out is 
this kind of a pandemic actually gives all the parties that extra time to just uh, sit back and uh, think of their own strategies. Uh, Modi continues to become stronger and stronger domestically uh, with uh, higher uh, popularity ratings. So I think, I think uh, BJP and uh, its alliance partners will continue to uh, 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 will continue to uh, look at uh, Bihar elections with greater confidence. But far more important will be Tamil Nadu and uh, West Bengal uh, because those two will continue will have their bearing on the 2023 elections as well. So these two will be important to look forward to in the next uh, 12 months. And, and Tamil Nadu is probably going to have its first election, right? Without Jayalalitha and Karunanidhi. Absolutely, but uh, you all know what happened in uh, uh, southern Tamil Nadu just one week ago, right? There was a brutal uh, police uh, atrocity of a father-son duo who had uh, kept their shop open during the lockdown uh, phase. And it's that news. Can you, can you elaborate for our listeners and then we'll go to recommendations? Yeah. Right, this is actually quite important. A father-son duo, uh, both of them uh, adults, were actually, uh, they had kept their shop open and they were actually arrested by the police. They were beaten up in uh, police uh, custody. Goodness. The uh, lattice were uh, pushed into their... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, they can get the gist. I don't want to go into graphic details, but yeah. Yes, so, I mean, uh, they were left to bleed and they came, they came back and they could uh, not survive. And uh, this has now become a big issue in uh, Tamil Nadu and this is obviously taking political uh, uh, color as well. Uh, I mean, uh, the opposition uh, wanting to take a, uh, take credit of it, uh, telling that uh, this, con this shows the inefficiency of uh, how the government is actually working. So all the more uh, negative publicity for uh, uh, Palanishami and uh, Panir Salman at this moment. You do reckon that Stalin is coming out to be sort of a good sort of leader sort of thing, right? At, at this moment, yes. I, I see no way uh, Stalin will not be the chief minister. Yeah, there was going to be a question like, is it a foregone conclusion that DMK wins the next election? At, the, at this moment, yes. Really? Yes. Fascinating. Fascinating. I, no, nothing has gone, uh, let me put it this way. Nothing has gone right for the ADMK after Jailalta uh, died. I mean, also Jailalita, she broke the yo-yo pattern of one DMK, one AADMK. So it is kind of reversion to the mean, if you think about it, that the two terms she won was kind of a breaking of the trend. So it might just be that in anti-incumbency plus no Jailalita just pushes it over to the DMK camp this time around. Now, the bigger problem for ADMK is Sashikala Natarajan might actually be released on bail. Uh, in August, September, and she might actually go back to Tamil Nadu politics and start meddling with everything that uh, she was controlling earlier. And that will be curtains for uh, Palanishami and uh, Panir Shalom. Yeah, because if Sasikala still has the uh, that uh, TTV Dinakaran fellow, I think still uh, still ruled the roost, right? In parts and and like yes. he still won his seat and stuff like that. He still won R K Nagar, so he still has followers. And if if ADMK starts having defections, then we could. And I mean, let's not forget Bengal also. Bengal is up for grabs completely for the BJP. Mm. So so, um, I mean, it, it's it's going to be a power pack here, and who knows what might happen in Kerala. 
yeah the uh, the ldf uh, udf uh, fight continues uh, not not much of uh, space has been ceded to the bjp ever since uh, pinarayi vijayan uh, came to power so the jostling continues let's see how it pans out see how comrade and and ram helps them out as well so uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my my provocations uh, um, uh, aside that's what it is so let's guys close in closing i want mohal you to start with your recommendation of what you've seen heard yeah so i'll give couple of recommendations so one will be the piece by shivarur on the clashes in the galwan valley where he outlined like how it was a uh, uh, three kind of uh, standoffs and actually fights that happened how uh, the whole process i won't want to elaborate a lot here but like that is a must read piece on india today website and my second recommendation is like uh, a web series i watched which was like uh, uh, which was like very good one like arya on hotstar and sushmita sen delivers a fabulous performance in it i watched it to very interesting and i'm i'm very critical of indian web series because on netflix and amazon really some of them are quite shitty so actually most of them are there there have only been a few good ones so which is sort of a, 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 not a good excuse for our filmmakers because they have a lot of resources and if iceland and sweden can come up with great web series on netflix and amazon we certainly can <laughs> so um kishor your recommendations this week Yeah, uh, even I have a couple of recommendations. One was this fascinating book that I'm reading right now. What is it? Uh, 1967. It's about the Indo-China conflict in 1967, where India attacks to uh, uh, bloody nose to the Chinese soldiers, and uh, written by uh, Prabal Das Gupta. It came out uh, not very long ago, so not many people might be aware of it. So I would recommend that. And the other one is actually a. a movie that i watched uh, uh, just a week back although it uh, released about uh, say four months ago it's a malayalam movie called ayappanam kosiyum in english it means ayappan and kosi uh, and this is a movie about uh, a police officer and uh, a retired uh, havaldar from the army and these two in that movie are two alpha males uh, you know how alpha males are and when they when they uh, Uh, come face to face you know that one of them will have to step back or there will be uh, messy things uh, i think sure are you mean i think is there a metaphor for the india china standoffs <laughs> oh dear <laughs> <laughs> that's for the that's for the listeners to comprehend but uh, yeah i would i would uh, strongly strongly like well shot and uh, that should be uh, my recommendation so actually there was a film uh, jp that jp datta made on the 1967 nathula conflict called oh yeah yeah pantan very forgettable but, but but do watch it because actually you can you just sort of get an idea of what it was like in 1967 um mm-hmm. and i would actually recommend now that you there is a, a legendary person called sardar harbhajan singh Who's mentioned in the 1967 war? And there is a yeah. there is a short film with Govan Bam on YouTube on Harbhajan Singh, and you absolutely must watch that short film. You you have to watch it. It is it is um, so good. And in terms of uh, books, uh, there are a couple of things. Amish came out with a new book, but uh, so on Raja Suhendev. I'm still reading, but I'm sure it's a terrific book. Judging by what my friends have to say about it, who read it. 
there is a series that i have recommended on this podcast before but i want to recommend it again because it is very crucial to what just happened a couple of days ago jeffrey epstein's old girlfriend gillian maxwell was arrested by the fbi and you must watch netflix's four part documentary series on jeffrey epstein it is it is disturbing it is it is absolutely brilliant and i mean we really have to learn from american documentary filmmakers about how documentaries need to be made. you have to watch this from his testimony how they juxtaposed it to with his victims and uh, you know um, how some of the powerful people that were accused sort of got away scot free it was it is just an unbelievable documentary so watch it she of course denies everything that was attributed to her in the documentary but there are some pictures and stuff uh, with some of the victims which you know don't add up to a story so that's uh, you know that would be my recommendation of this but uh, thank you mohal and kishore for joining us on this podcast as always it's a great i think it's the first time we've had both of you together it was great fun so thanks adit so much sure thank you thank thank you Yeah, Kishore's Kishore's after after Kishore made that uh, stunning parallel between India and China, his internet suddenly started becoming shaky. It's quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. We almost forgot to even mention about TikTok and that being banned. But uh, maybe that's for a <laughs> discussion. But uh, oh, yeah. the fact that we forgot to mention it turns out it doesn't affect any one of us because we're not on TikTok. <laughs> ंग <laughs> 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 <la